Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, it may smell like raisins, but I bet it still tastes like chicken. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, reminding you, you must be of legal smoking age, wherever you are, in order to listen to this fine program. So if you're not, go ahead, turn it off. All right. Uh, In pipe parts, I'm going to answer a question of, uh, what do you do if somebody comes to you and says... I want to get started smoking a pipe. So that will be all of pipe parts. Uh, And my guest is a novice pipe smoker, Ryan Bias. Ryan is a member of my local pipe club and somebody I know well. But we get to talk to him and his his over 100 open jars of tobacco. Different blends. Yeah. Uh, music mailbag and then uh, not so much a rant or a rave but more of an observation of life at the end of the show Uh, remember the jdrf auction items are going on right now as we speak Uh, we'll talk about those more in the uh, in the mailbag segment in the mailbag segment but those auctions are going on right now on eBay at uh, Pipe Studs uh, eBay store. So do check those out. And remember, 100% of the sale price goes to the uh, JDRF to uh, find a cure for type 1 diabetes and find treatments for type 1 diabetes. So, uh, you know, every little bit helps. So bid them up, bid them fast, bid them furious. All right. Uh, comments, questions, you can email me at brian at pipesmagazine.com. And while you have a chance, would really appreciate going over to iTunes and leaving us a rating or, or a review and or a review at uh, iTunes. That really does help get the show noticed and helps keep us up there in the rankings. So if you haven't done that yet, please go do that. And you will have to please excuse the background noise on this episode because as I'm recording this, our house is getting ready to be painted because we had some water damage to some boards on the outside. So uh, replace the boards, getting the whole house painted. And uh, yeah, anyway, I <laughs> could, <not, laughs> could not work this into a time when there wasn't people working. Well, they weren't supposed to be here right now, but they showed up anyway. So, such is life. All right, let's get the show rolling. So, everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. are back on the pipes magazine radio show so for years you've heard me preach about going out and smoking your pipe in public being seen and letting people know what a uh, modern day pipe smoker looks like and yes we are still alive and kicking we did not go the ways of the dinosaur and the dodo bird uh so what do you do and and this is i'm pretty sure i've touched on this before but you know it's always good to recap some of these issues um you know, so you smoke your pipe in front of your friend or you're out in uh, at your favorite little outdoor coffee shop that might let you smoke on their, you know, at their tables and chairs, not Starbucks. Um, what do you do if somebody comes up to you and says, you know, I want to try smoking a pipe? Well, this is, there's a couple of important steps here. And the first thing is that I think every one of us as uh, passionate pipe smokers should have some unsmoked, uh, Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipes. I have, I think I'm down to two or three that are completely unsmoked. 
I think we ought to have them around for two reasons. One, if we want to taste test a blend that we're worried may not work well in one of our pipes, um, corncob pipes are the best way to just taste test something, see what it, see what you think, and then figure out which pipe to put it in. Uh, also, and you want to you want an unadulterated pipe at that point too, so that you can really taste the blend. Uh, also, they make a great way to start somebody on a pipe. I highly recommend that we start somebody brand new on a corn cob or an unsmoked corn cob or an unsmoked clay, or you go up into the bottom end of Savinelli's or Peterson's. Uh, do not start somebody off on a basket pipe or you know a board pipe, something no named, because those pipes. Yeah, those, those pipes take some skill, and you need something that you know has a level of quality behind it, has some, uh, you know, has some engineering behind it. So don't start them off on the basket pipes or the board pipes. You can also, if you want to, start them off on one of your pipes. You know, you might want to clean and sanitize it and give it a little bit of a reaming first, but then you can start them off so that they can try the try a pipe on one of your pipes. Now, if you get a chance and you're with them, obviously then you can show them how to pack and light a pipe. Uh, if you're not with them, you know, then you got you to gotta talk them through it, be patient with them, talk to them about the different packing techniques, start them off on the basic simples, uh, but make sure that they are told or pointed towards some of the better YouTube videos or some of our discussions in the past of how to smoke a pipe. Uh, the other thing I think we all ought to have on hand is uh, backup, you know, check pipe tools, the, the three piece, the, the three in one pipe tool that costs two bucks, two fifty. We ought to have extras of those because we can never have too many of them or just the simple pipe nail that's you know, got, got the flattened nail end and then the head and you use the head as the tamper and the nail end as the scraper and poker. Uh, those are 79, 89 cents, whatever they are now, a dollar a piece. We ought to have extra of those around. So the things you need in extra uh, unsmoked corn cob pipes uh, and tampers uh, you can share a lighter with somebody, you know, lighters are cheap. I prefer my to Jeeps, of course, but you know, any lighter will work. You do want to probably steer them away from the Zippo lighter at the start because of the, uh, because of the fluid flavor that may come through. Uh, the other thing that I think you ought to have around, and I have some pouches of Amphora regular and full here for anybody that might want to try and smoke a pipe. Uh, the, the Amphora regular and the Amphora full are more along the lines of an aromatic. So that gives them a chance to try an aromatic. Uh, you want to have a basic Virginia, Virginia Perique, and you want to have some sort of an English blend, which I don't have around here. So anybody that starts off with me is not going to get a basic English blend. Uh, here's how I determine where to start them. All right. Uh, you're going to hear a discussion later on about if they're a cigarette smoker. Uh, you know what? You want to find out what tobacco products have they smoked in the past. If they're a cigar smoker or a cigarette smoker coming over, well, you probably want something with a little bolder flavoring. Uh, you know, something a little more flavor forward because cigars tend to be on the on the more mouth filling side, and cigarettes, as you'll hear in the discussion with Ryan. Cigarettes numb taste buds. If they're non-smokers and they want to try a pipe, I usually start with how do you take your coffee or what do you have on your pizzas. Uh, if they're black coffee people, then I know that you know we can probably start off with a Virginia or a light, you know, light a medium Virginia or a light English. Uh, if they're black coffee with sugar, maybe a light aromatic. If they're into all these caramel frappa huppuccino things. You know, then you're in a full aromatic, maybe, or a fuller flavored, uh, a fuller flavored tobacco. Uh, same thing with pizza. If it's just cheese, start off bland with the tobaccos. If it's pepperoni and uh, and anchovies and all that stuff, 
build up the flavor a little more. But do stick with them. Uh, point them towards some of your favorite YouTube channels for how to smoke a pipe. Point them towards some of your favorite tobaccos to get started off. Show them places to uh, start shopping for pipes and tobaccos. When they start shopping, again, if they're gonna if they're gonna start in a briar or a meerschaum, please don't let them start at the bottom at the cheapest one possible. Because I mean, that's like giving a giving a child their first bike and it's got one triangular wheel and one square wheel and they don't line up and they got to balance. Uh, start them off into a pipe that's in that lower end Savinelli Peterson range or a decent made Meerschaum. If that's what they're interested in, uh, suggest that they get a handful of corncob pipes so that they've got a bunch of pipes to do some taste testing in and trial and error. The key thing, and this is from me as a salesperson standpoint, is I want to get them committed financially to really try this. So $100 for a brand new pipe for a brand new smoker is not something that you know is not something that I would uh, flinch away from if they're really interested in getting started with this 70 80 dollar pipe uh you know 15 bucks worth of tobaccos to try and uh, an accessory or two and maybe a corncob pipe or two so maybe they've spent 100 120 well now they've got a financial commitment to this little experiment of pipe smoking and you know if you walk into a tobacco shop and you buy a and you buy a corncob pipe an ounce of tobacco and uh, 36 pipe cleaners and one tamper and you've spent 25 bucks and you're started that's not a real big commitment to try to stick with it and try to really learn the art of smoking a pipe uh, push them a little further you know tell them if you're really interested in doing this you really want to start off with a decent pipe and a decent assortment of corn cobs and a decent assortment of tobaccos. And of course you will need a couple of tampers and pipe cleaners. So, but you got to get them started that way and you've got to make sure and push them. So they do stay with it. Cause we all know not one of us got started smoking a pipe from our first bowl and said, Oh wow, this is really good. But give them all the resources, give them the incentive and don't let them go away with a cheap pipe or cheap tobacco. Try to get them into, uh, you know, some good bulk tobaccos, maybe one tin of something. Uh, try to get them started with something that really works. Uh, I usually, you know, I'll, I'll point out some stuff on smokingpipes.com and suggest that they try this bulk, that bulk, and that bulk and order an ounce or two of each. And that'll give you an idea of where you are. So... There's what you do. If somebody comes to you and says, you know, I want to learn how to smoke a pipe. That's exactly how I answer. And then hopefully, you know, we sit down together and I pack and tamp and do all that stuff for them and get them started that way. Otherwise, you know, get on Zoom with them or FaceTime or Facebook or one of those things. All right, there you go. Comments, questions, email me, Brian at PipesMagazine.com. And in just a moment, Ryan Bias. This is Internet Radio. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark, and like you, there can only be one Savinelli. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show with another seven questions for a novice pipe smoker. That's right. Somebody's two to five years of pipe smoking experience. And this one, you've heard him briefly on the show before. I've seen his face, met him in person, and I know he carries a ton of tobacco with him wherever he goes because... Uh, Ryan Bias is our guest, and he's also part of our uh, my local pipe club. So, uh, Ryan, you've actually been in my house, too. Well, mostly in my garage. But, uh, Ryan Bias, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me. And you were on the Christmas episode that I did with the pipe club, too. So, 
but that that wasn't you over the phone. That was the two of us sitting around a microphone at the at the cigar shop. Yeah, back in the ancient times. Yes, when we could meet in person uh, inside in air conditioning. Anyway, uh, so let's get to know you. Where'd you grow up? Have you grown up? What'd you want to be when you grew up? And uh, all that stuff. Oh, I'm mostly grown up. Uh, I'm from a little town called Old Fort. It's um, about 40 minutes east of Asheville. Yep. I, I uh, actually know where that is. Well, you and about five other people. Yeah, it's got a sign that says Old Fort this way, and I thought, oh, there must be something interesting and old there. Uh, nope. Anyway, go, but go ahead. <laughs> um, I went to uh, went to Western Carolina University, uh, a degree in geology, um, and now I am a environmental field technician. And what does what does an environmental field technician do? I mostly stare at water as it drips into a bottle, and then I put the cap on when it's full. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we take um, we take various water, air, soil samples, uh, different sites all around. Um, quite a few different states we go to. So, like when uh, when a certain uh, power company might have been dumping ash into a certain pond, that might have been you guys that went out and tested the water. It might still be. I didn't say that. <laughs> I can't. I can't be held in denial. Um, uh, but at the same time, now you've also moved to a relatively normal part of North Carolina, so. <laughs> Um, old fort which doesn't have much you're you're now local to the charlotte area that's right it's a pretty big change i've been here since uh 2008 so what got you into pipe smoking what prompted it um and why so i'd always had sort of a fascination with pipes my grandfather smoked um he was pretty big into it he had like a wrought iron um smoking lamp Ooh. had a yeah my my mother has uh taken that i've not managed to get a hold of that yet uh i'm the only grandchild old enough to remember him smoking uh, i've got pictures of me sitting on his lap while he has a pipe hanging from his mouth and uh when he quit he actually gave me his pipes um <laughs> sort of hold on to them for a few years. Um, then in 2017, uh, he had Alzheimer's. His health had taken a turn for the worse, and uh, he passed away. And when he did, I decided it was a good time to break out the pipes and give it a shot. Now, how old were you when he gave you his pipes? I was probably around 16, 17. So he was kind of setting you up for... Uh for the pipe smoking lifestyle here's an instant collection go that's right it only took me about 15 years yeah well hey you got there you got there um any uh, any pipes uh yeah what kind of pipes were they it was kind of just a general menagerie of things there were a couple of uh older cobs pretty sure they were missouri meerschaums uh there were there was a figural meerschaum as well as like a uh, African block meerschaum, and there were a few briars. But it, but what we would consider to be just something readily available at, I guess when he was smoking, he probably went to the general store or to the uh, you know the local pharmacy, and that's where he picked up his tobacco and whatever pipes they had. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Did he live in up in Old Fort, up in that area? He did. He actually lived at the bottom of the road from us. Okay. So, yeah, so not a lot of shopping choices up there. Nope, not really any at all. Um, pretty sure that he smoked uh, Prince Albert, but I never really got a chance to ask him. So did you, before you started smoking his pipes, did you get them cleaned up or did you do anything to them or just load them and go 
I think he had actually given them a pretty good cleaning before he put them away. There wasn't a lot of uh, cake built up. They didn't smell particularly grody. They kind of just smelled <laughs> a little bit like burnt tobacco. And did you have somebody show you how to pack and smoke them? Or I guess by that time, the, the Internet was a thing, too. So. I did look up a little bit on the Internet. I went to a local tobacco shop here in Huntersville called Burners. Had a gentleman there pointed me towards uh, tobacco and showed me a little bit. But I actually had my friend uh, Scott, who had been smoking a pipe a little bit, he came down to Charlotte, uh, showed me how he pack, how he would pack it, and uh, we gave it a shot. Well, there you go. All right, let's dig into your seven questions. Are you ready? Sure. Number one, you survived getting started smoking a pipe. What was your aha moment that got you past the trial period? I think my really big aha moment was when I purchased my first English blend. It was uh, my mixture, 965. Mm -hmm. And until then, you know, I'd had your general aromatics. Like my first tobacco was Blaine 1Q. And, you know, they, they smelled nice. You know, they, they smell like vanilla. They smell like caramel. And I cracked that tin open, and I really did not know what to expect. And I just got hit with that lot of Kia funk. <laughs> and it's just like, this is a world different. Yeah. And I can't say that I particularly enjoyed the smell at first. But once I loaded up a bowl of that and tried it, I, I was hooked. <laughs> so you found the dark leaf, and you fell in love quickly yeah yeah all right um your second question is what tobaccos did you try based on a recommendation that you did not like well there's really only a couple and one of them was a recommendation where they knew full well i probably wasn't going to like it <laughs> somebody tried and to poison was, you <laughs> yeah you might know them <laughs> Somebody thought it would be fun to bring in some uh, Mixture 79. <laughs> and I I like everything. Like, I love Lakelands. I love Latakia, obviously. I love Perique. But I made it about halfway through the bowl of that stuff and was like, you know what? <laughs> I think I'm done here. <laughs> the only other one that really springs to mind is someone brought in some edgeworth from the 50s yeah but i feel like it had probably been open since the 50s because uh, <laughs> it it had lost all of its cocoa flavor it tasted like flat cardboard <laughs> all right so no old tobacco for ryan uh, ryan does not whoa, whoa, whoa. back up <laughs> oh oh, oh. Uh, no old <laughs> no old open tobacco or old style tobacco <laughs> i do like uh i do like i think lane's uh edgeworth match mm -hmm. actually it might be subtlets well i do like the current version i know you can't get the actual edgeworth anymore but i do like some of those uh codger burleys I think that one had just lost all of its magic. We're going to take a break right here, and then I'm going to deviate from the from the standard questions because I know something about Ryan that, uh, well, that a few other people know, but I'm going to ask him about that. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. At Cornell & Deal, we think the best things in life are better with age, and we are passionate about creating the best possible pipe tobacco available. Fueled by this passion, we introduced the Cellar Series, a collection of blends like no other. While the blends in this series are ready to smoke now, each one has been meticulously designed to optimize depth and complexity as the tobacco ages in the tin. Currently, the Cellar Series is comprised of Oak Alley, Chenay's Cake, Joie de Vivre, Old Grove, and Bourbon Blue, 
but we will be unveiling new additions to this very special series as time goes on. Pick up a tin to smoke now and save a few for later enjoyment so that you can experience all the richness and subtlety each blend will reveal through the years. Cornell and Deal's Cellar Series, the secret ingredient is time. Contact your local or online retailer for information. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with novice pipe smoker, fellow uh, Charlotte or North Carolina area pipe. What are we? We're the aromatic farts, aren't we? Uh, That's what we are. Yeah. Pipe Club member Ryan Bias. And uh, before the break, I mentioned uh, I know something about Ryan that that a lot of people don't know. Uh, so you mentioned open cans and stuff like that on the table at a pipe at a pipe club meeting and trying stuff. You show up to every pipe club meeting with a selection of tobaccos all in glass jars that your selection is usually bigger than what most tobacconists have. Because I think at one point, didn't you have like 30 jars in your bag that were out on the table and open for people to try? I, that's probably the maximum. I think usually a minimum of 16 um around 20 that's what i'll bring all in glass jars all open they might be tins they might be bulk it's just <laughs> and, and so how do you do is first of all that's amazing second of all i could never do it but with all that open tobacco how do you figure out what you want to smoke when uh, a lot of it has to do with what have I not had recently. Um, if I've been really heavy into English blends, I might want to switch gears and grab something uh, nice Virginia Perique. I might want to get into some Lakelands. Um, if I have company, I might want to grab a aromatic. And every time you come walking up, here you come, clank, 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 all those bags, all those <laughs> jars. In in a bag that must weigh, I don't know, 30, 40 pounds, <laughs> just from the glass jar weight. But uh, it's, all, it's always amazing when I see you start unpacking. And then about a half hour before the meeting's over, you start packing up because it takes you a little bit of time to get them all put back. Yeah, it takes a minute. You have to stack them in there uh, pretty specifically or it'll all uh, fall over in the back. <laughs> And then you get home, and then you got to unpack them again. And um, yeah, anyway, how many open blends of blends do you have right now at home? Do you know? I've never really sat down and counted them, but I am fairly certain it's over a hundred. Yeah, everybody hear that? Over a hundred <laughs> open tins or jars of tobacco right now to choose from. Um, so. Uh, that begs the question, um, how often do you smoke a pipe? It honestly depends on the temperature outside. I don't really have an indoor smoking area at home or how busy I am at work. Uh, sometimes I'll smoke three or four times a week, and that's usually a couple of bowls after another. Um, as of right now, I've been so busy, and it's been hot outside i don't enjoy it as much i don't think i've had a pipe in over a month <laughs> it feels bad saying that and over a hundred blends to choose from so the rotation of tobacco is about uh three months long yeah so all right back to your regular questions i just wanted to pick on you about that uh, just That's because fair. I'm nuts because I'm worried right now. I have four different tobaccos open, and I'm trying to finish them off before I open up. Yeah, so four is too many for me. Um, question number three, how has your preference in pipes changed over time? You know, like bent versus straight, small versus smooth, large, smooth, rusticated, so on and so on. Well, when I first started, I was really fascinated with long pipes uh church wardens some of those really long meerschaums you'll see mm -hmm. and i do have a couple uh but i've kind of found that they're they're just too much of a pain in the ass to clean <laughs> like it's it's a pain and yeah it's fun to smoke them once in a while but it 
it doesn't stand out enough to make the extra effort worth it. So I've kind of gravitated away from that and more towards your standard sizes. Um, and I also have found that I usually prefer bent pipes. Uh, initially, I didn't know what I liked, but I've I've moved towards uh, bent pipes and smooth rusticated. Both fine with me. You're not you're not picky on the finish as long as the finish is good. Well, sometimes even if the finish is uh, not great, as long as the pipe smokes well. <laughs> there you go. All right, your next question. What was your holy grail pipe when you started smoking a pipe, and what is it now? Well, when I started, we go back to like that. Uh, I really, and I still am sort of interested in them. Those really long Meerschaum pipes. I, it just, it's, but now it seems cumbersome, and it has all these sections, and I feel like I would definitely break it. So I've moved away from that. Um, I think my current holy grail would be ah, I would love to get like a really nice uh, figural uh, Sadiq Yannick mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce his name so you want you uh, want one of them fancy carved ones oh yeah I think he's yeah I think he's an extraordinary carver his stuff is beautiful and I would really love to get my hands on one is there a a, a design in particular that you want Nothing immediately springs to mind. I've seen all sorts of different things from him, like uh, like treants and demon skulls and just normal <laughs> Vikings, um, entire hunting scenes, just <laughs> anything. Well, there you go. All right, your next question. What are a few of your favorite guests from past episodes and why? I really like it when you uh, interview tobacco blenders. So I really like uh, hearing from uh, Mike and Mary McNeil. Um, Perry Jensen, I thought was really interesting. But just in general, anybody who blends tobacco. All six of the people that are still. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. Moving on. Uh what is your favorite thing to do while smoking a pipe? Uh, definitely reading a book. A- any type of books? Are you reading Lord of the Rings all the time? <laughs> Not all the time. Uh, I mean, I do like my uh, I do like my fiction, Lord of the Rings, uh, Chronicles of Narnia, uh, Harry Potter. But also, you know, it could be um, it could be the Bible or a devotional. Or um, some nonfiction. I've got a uh, few nonfiction books I've been working through. Do you find that if you're smoking a pipe while reading, it helps you kind of focus on the reading, or does it distract from the reading? No, it definitely helps me focus. It's a perfect pair. Just get you a pipe and puff along and read a book. Yeah, I think it's the uh, sort of the calming nature, the sort of the ritual, the slowing down, it, it helps me focus on what I'm reading. And your next question, this is probably going to be the hardest one for you because, I don't know, we've spent, what, probably 50, 60 hours at pipe club meetings together? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but you get to ask me a question. Anything you want to know? Well, I think I actually have already asked this before, but I'll ask it again so other people can hear it. Uh, what made you gravitate towards uh, pipe tobacco because you had said you were a cigarette smoker before and especially what made you gravitate towards Perique? Yeah, so uh, the uh, the cigarettes led to I tried a pipe. That didn't work out. That was 1989 and I think that pipe ended up in a trash can. Um, and then in uh, as I started into the cigar side of the world, uh, I was hanging out in the smoke shops and I was looking at the pipe tobacco and I was intrigued again because I like tobacco in all forms. Uh, 
fast forward a year or two later, I'm working in a smoke shop and the manager said, look, we sell pipe tobacco. You need to try this. I said, okay. I tried it and I would smoke a pipe every couple of days, you know, dip my bowl, you know, dip my bowl into the open jars and try stuff. Um, what really pulled me in towards the pipe tobacco side of the luxury tobacco market, if you want to call it that, uh, was when I went to work both at, at Dunhill. When I was working at Alfred Dunhill, I got more intrigued. And then by the time I got to working on the wholesale side with Hulk O'Roar, um, cigars were easy to sell back then because, you know, it was during the cigar boom, but they needed somebody that really knew their pipe and tobacco option or offerings for all, so that I could answer all the questions that the sales guys didn't know and, you know, take all the long, all the long sales calls. And that's when I really discovered that I really prefer the, uh, the pipe people versus the cigar people. And the pipe itself is interesting and the different, offerings of tobaccos are interesting and then you marry two interesting things together and see if they work better together or you try one great tobacco with one you know pipe that's not so great and maybe it becomes great um, the options are endless but in reality um, I think I just I, I like pipe people more than cigar people and the you know and the the example that I use is a cigar guy will tell you, Hey, I just got the newest, fastest, whatever car. And I, and I got on a waiting list and I paid $20,000 over sticker price for it, but I got it. And it's, you know, the new fast shiny thing where a pipe guy will tell you, I've had this car for 18 years. I replaced every part of it and I saved a whole bunch of money. And this is the guy you go to if you need the repair. And it's like, you know, just two completely different mindsets. So, I really like talking to pipe people and I like the fact that you can customize your, your experience with the different tobaccos and the different kinds of pipes. Um, my love of Perique was born out of my discovery of a Scudo. Mm. And I think this could just be me, but I think Perique lends itself because of its nicotine content. Perique lends itself to people that also smoke cigarettes or had smoked cigarettes in the past. Cause we don't mind the nicotine. In fact, some of us kind of still crave it. Um, and it's just got that more intense punch to it that you also need when you, uh, when you smoke cigarettes, cigarettes dominate your palate. Uh, besides the paper and everything else that you're smoking, uh, the cigarettes dominate your palate. So you need stuff to come through the to come through the 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 cigarette taste in your mouth. And Perique does that in yeah, <laughs> Perique does that really well. Uh, same thing with like putting you know hot sauce on everything or putting pepper on all kinds of food. You need stuff that breaks through those numbed taste buds from all the cigarette smoke. Uh, and now I, you know, I need Perique. Uh, I can go a couple days without it, but it, I get cranky. <laughs> uh, you know, I get really crankier than uh, than usual. So, uh, did that answer your question? Absolutely. <laughs> now you're like, dang! I wish I didn't ask that question. Uh, guy took forever. <laughs> uh, I, did you find that with, uh, you didn't smoke any other tobacco products before you dabbled with the pipe, did you? Not really. I'd messed around with vaping a little bit just out of curiosity, but it wasn't really for me. Yeah. So you came in with a, with a pure clean palate. Um, and that's one of the, probably one of the reasons why, well, it could be that you're partly crazy why you have so many different styles and types of tobaccos open that you can get away with trying all these different things. And I just want us to have my Virginia Periques and then occasionally my Virginias. Well, I mean, I could have a nice clean palate and be crazy. Yeah. I, 
part crazy, clean palate. There you go. There you go. Um, you know, and that's like, you know, part crazy, clean pla- clean palate, clean underwear. Yeah. Doesn't always go together. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Let's go. What is your favorite pipe? My favorite pipe is a may or may not be rose colored uh, <laughs> SMS Meerschaum that I have. Uh, it is a uh, cavalier shape and it smokes amazing. It feels really nice to hold. And so. how many, you know, you, you've got over 100 open blends. How many pipes do you own? Do we count cobs? Absolutely. Cobs count. All right. Let me let me run this through because I that's I, I've never <laughs> sat down and counted them either. Well, ballpark. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably twenty five, thirty. All right. So you're getting through your pipes faster than you are your tobacco rotation. Yes, I am. Yeah. And speaking of tobacco rotation, what is your favorite tobacco? Ooh, that is a tough question. I <laughs> think as of right now, it would be Seattle Pipe Club uh, Plum Pudding Reserve. And what is your favorite drink? Bourbon. Well, that's easy. What, do you have 100 different bottles of bourbon open, too? No, only four or five. Oh, okay. Well, you're a moderate. Good. Yeah. Um. This is going to be silly to ask, but I'm going to ask it anyway. When it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Well, when I'm relaxing with a pipe, I prefer the uh, book. But you've asked me that before. If I'm not smoking, I actually prefer a video game. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, the big kid at heart. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then finally, a favorite pipe smoking related memory? Uh, in general, just um, being able to meet with uh, our friends and aromatic farts and talk about stuff. But I think the one I threw out at Christmas was the way I figured out that uh, my grandfather smoked Prince Albert is that you I, were able to detect some sort of note from one of his pipes that I hadn't smoked. <laughs> it smells like the empty just... Prince Albert can that I have here. That's probably it. Musty old, for, yeah. Mu- musty old burly with the scent of men's cologne on it. <laughs> Sounds right. Yeah. Ryan Bias, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for uh, playing along with our uh, our game here, and uh, you know, looking forward to seeing you at a uh, Sunday meeting. Maybe once the weather calms down a little bit. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Hopefully, we'll be able to see you soon. And we'll be back in just a minute. Meet Aaron, one of the most important people at SmokingPipes.com. In our shipping department, he's one of the cogs in the highly efficient wheel, if you will, that's responsible for making sure your order goes out right every time. Ain't that right, Aaron? I don't know all about that cog and the wheel stuff, but I do know at SmokingPipes.com, I take my work very seriously. Pulling tents of tobacco, weighing bulk tobacco, triple checking orders, and getting them out the door. Since it's so easy to order from SmokingPipes.com, you're keeping Aaron pretty darn busy. Look at him go, go, go. <laughs> In fact, it's been a challenge to get him to stop long enough to say hello. But Aaron doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why is that, Aaron? Because I don't just ship pipes. I smoke them. Gotta run. <laughs> just log on to SmokingPipes.com or call us at 1-888-366-0345. We are quality. We are experts. We are SmokingPipes.com. This is Internet Radio. And we are back. Yeah, I think if I had over 100 open jars to pick from, I think I'd be paralyzed by the choice of what tobacco to pick. It'd probably take me two, three hours, and then I'd probably be disappointed in the one that I picked. But, hey, that's Ryan's thing, and, uh, yeah, that's the beauty of our pipe hobby. All right, for music, uh, I believe it was Jay Freedy who sent this along to me, but I lost. Uh, I lost the note, but I kept the kept the link. Uh, this is a uh, uh, this is from a live 
a live video of Stevie Ray Vaughan in Double Trouble in playing in Japan, and this is their intro song. It's called Scuttle Button. So I want you all to go to uh, go to YouTube after the show's over and look for SRV dash Scuttle C U T T L E next word button B U T T I N live in Japan. And you will see in this video where about, you know, Stevie Ray comes out with a pipe in his mouth lit about 45 seconds into the piece while he's playing still, takes his left hand off the guitar, moves the pipe from the right side of his mouth to the left side, keeps it lit, and then another 30 seconds on, you'll see where he stops and gives it to his roadie and keeps playing on. So this is... Stevie Ray Vaughan in Double Trouble doing Scuttle Button live in Japan, and he's smoking a pipe during the first minute and a uh, minute and 25 seconds of it. So here it is. I can say is I can't even smoke a pipe that well and man can he play guitar I you know I guess one of my regrets is that I never I never got a chance to see uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan live but still can enjoy the music and uh, and playing a guitar while smoking a pipe and moving the pipe around all I can say is Wow. Oh boy, we've got a message. And remember, if you have a comment or question, you can go directly to pipesmagazine.com and post it right there on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on pipesmagazine.com. Or you can send it to me via email, brian, B-R-I-A-N, at pipesmagazine.com. Also, if you're thinking about traveling again, I'm happy to, happy to help you with that. Highly looking forward to going to Columbus, Ohio in uh, two and a, two weeks and a couple of days. Yeah, uh, really looking forward to getting back to a pipe show. So 
Uh, we'll see as many of you as possible there and can't wait, man. Uh, 21 months since the last pipe show. Uh, but who's counting? It's almost like a, like I'm an alcoholic and I need a fix. All right, going back to last week's show with uh, Rob Dickey. Dino says, great conversation and show. I really enjoyed hearing Rob's story. He's an interesting guy with a fun sense of humor, and the music just amplified his multi-talents. A belated congratulations on your anniversary. Missed it by that much. Thanks, Dino. <laughs> You're welcome, Dino. <laughs> uh, and then Casey Ghost says, uh, once again, another good episode. Don't much care for your recommendations of English blends other than the legendary uh, nightcap and, uh, and I guess early morning. Uh, even in its current form, which is a long way from the original, it is still very special. I thought Peas had a number of blends better than the one you selected, but they may not be available to the general public. Uh, no, they are. I just picked one. Uh, Peas has a great assortment, but I wanted one where it was more oriental forward. Uh, then he goes on to say, enjoyed the interview, but couldn't tell you much about it. I'm going to have to start keeping notes. <laughs> Congratulations on your anniversary. I'm surprised your wife keeps renewing your option. Uh, once she figures there isn't a court in the world that will convict her you'd best sleep with one eye open after hearing the music all i could i could see why he didn't make it in nashville it's a brutal place to make a living yeah uh, so my wife and i have a running joke uh that we really don't want to divorce each other because we really don't want to make each other happy so we'd rather keep us keep together and keep each other miserable <laughs> there you go i think that may be the secret to a uh, long marriage all right, uh, JDRF auction items going on right now over on eBay. Uh, at the time of recording, there's still one tin of tobacco. It's Dunhill. It's Dunhill, the Royal Yacht, at least three years old, and it's $30 up on uh, pipestud.com. And then over on uh, Pipestud's eBay store, uh, the Costello Costello Great Line Poker, beautiful pipe. Two James Gilliam unsmoked, one a sandblasted bent apple shape, and the other one a uh, rusticated bent apple, kind of in a, a, tan, a brown or mahogany color. The sandblast is in black. Both of those are up and running. Uh, Scott Klein unsmoked, tanblast billiard. Uh, you know, just a good looking pipe with a white stem. Uh, the Butch O'Ken unsmoked bent apple. Probably one of the final chances to find an unsmoked Butch Shoken because the factory closed a couple of years back. Uh, the Eric Nording Danish handmade Acaso pipe. Uh, the, the Mickey Mouse pipe that I donated is up and you can go on eBay and see what I was talking about. <laughs> uh, Mickey Mouse style block Meersham. It is in the style of Mickey Mouse and the, it's, it's a style. Uh, dark fired leather, two pieces. Yeah, the carrying case and then the uh, and then the pipe smokers day bag. Both of those are up there, as well as the uh, pocket jar uh, tobacco uh, tobacco totes from uh, the pipery. Uh, those have my face on the label uh, or on the lid, so those are up. And again, one hundred percent of the proceeds go directly to the JDRF, the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. And thanks again to Steve for all of his hard work on there. So go there, bid them up, uh, go on to uh, go and share them all over all the uh, forums and uh, groups that you're in. And uh, there's some great stuff there. And the prices right now, yeah, obviously we're uh, three days into the bidding and they close in four days. So, you know, they're going to go up. But man, I'm telling you, right now, $70, $80 for an unsmoked James Gilliam JSEC pipe. I mean, that's an artisan handmade pipe. Uh, the Costello's at 200 bucks. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. So go, please, bid those up. Bid them up fast and furious. And if you want to make a cash donation to the JDRF, there are two ways. Uh, one, I go on to my Facebook page. 
I'm going to start a fundraiser today, and the fundraiser, the benefit will be JDRF, and all that money will go directly to them. So I'll start a fundraiser for the next, I don't know, week, 10 days. So you can go on to Facebook, friend request me if you're not already there, or if you're one of my friends, just you know look for the post, and then you can make your donation there. Every little bit does help. Or you can go directly to jdrf.org and make a donation if you want to make sure that uh, yeah that uh, that my daughter knows about it. You can put her name in there in, in honor of so Samantha, and uh, that would be absolutely appreciated. Also, if you are thinking of traveling at all and uh, coming up, you know, looking forward to the pipe show. Can't wait. Yeah, can't wait. I'm ready. Uh, if you are thinking about traveling we are now 60 days out from my wife and i from our trip to italy and greece and uh we are dotting the i's and crossing the t's so i know a little bit about what's going on with that happy to help give guidance give advice give opinion and make sure that you are in going in the proper direction to the best of my knowledge so just email me brian at pipesmagazine.com and in just a moment a uh, not a rant not a rave just a, an observation for you There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Cowboy. Cowboy. So everybody knows how I say, you know, I'm the leading expert on my own opinion, right? We all know that. You know, I've been the leading expert on my own opinion for a long time. Uh, we also know that I have always said that if you smoke a pipe and it's and there's tobacco in the pipe, well, then you're a friend of mine. Uh, and what I think the world needs now is uh, more thoughts like that. Those are purely non-judgmental thoughts. I don't judge you based off of what kind of tobacco you smoke. I don't judge you on what your favorite pipe is. I don't judge you on what your favorite drink is. What I do is I think I'm just asking for your opinion and I don't create judgment. When we get judgmental of each other, then we start putting each other down or feeling, you know, feeling that the other person is less than us which takes us out of a state of empathy. And really what we need to do is just appreciate each other for what we are, who we are, and just live in a state of you know, non-judgmental empathy for each other instead of blaming each other for the problems. You know, take ownership of your problems, deal with them yourself, and don't judge other people. Don't pass blame on other people. You know, in some ways, I think this, uh, you know, push towards a smoke-free society, well, you know, I think some of these people would, uh, maybe if they were smoking, especially a pipe, they would take a minute and think about it before they said it and realize how stupid some of the stuff sounds. But uh, just, you know, feel for those people that can't think outside of their own little mind. So that's where empathy comes in. You have to be empathetic in order to be non-judgmental non because, you know, you got to tolerate some people that can't get it out of their head. So there you go. All right, comments, questions, again, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. iTunes ratings and reviews, much, much, much appreciated. And don't forget those JDRF auction items. Those end this Saturday morning at, uh, you know, around noon or so Eastern time. So get your bids in fast and early on those. Thank you very much to Ryan for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together?
Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy That chicken is finger licking good.